From Religion News Service, this is Beliefs. I'm Bill Baker. The Democratic Republic of Congo is the largest country in sub-Saharan Africa. The area has struggled with outbreaks of both Ebola and measles. The province of Kivu has seen broad conflict with the United Nations' largest and most expensive peacekeeping mission, and it is one of the poorest places on Earth. When government and social systems fail, it's often the church that steps in to save the people. I met with Bishop Chomo to learn about the role the Catholic Church plays in helping the people in the Congo. Bishop Chomo, an honor to have you with us uh, here today. Why don't we start at the beginning? Tell us about your diocese. Tell us about yourself things that we in America should know about where you're from. Okay. I became bishop in 1997, and uh, it was be- between two hours in the Congo. In 1998 to 2003, the Congo has been at war, and uh, the situation of the population were very, very bad. People fled the region to go to Kinshasa, and then the Catholic bishop were the only person to look and to care for more than one million of people. Uh, the Diocese of Chumbe is located in uh, an area which is very remote and uh, isolated, and that has been my first experience, how to deal with a population abandoned, isolated, for the first needs for the people, medicines, clothes, security, and I began my, my, my job by securing, rescuing the population of the, the diocese, including of the province, which is very, very large. Uh, Bishop, you, you talk about uh, a remote region with a million people with no transportation. There are no roads going anywhere. So the only way to get there is by water, a river, I guess, and by by airplane. So it's a difficult place. The the people too, these million people, are quite poor. How poor are they? They they are very poor because uh, uh, my diocese is a, a rural one. People are living from agriculture. And as they are isolated, they can cultivate and sell their crops enough to, get to, to, to earn revenue. That's the main cause of poverty. The agriculture is the first richness, but they are not able to sell their products, and that makes them very, very poor. So poor, I understand that the average income in your area is about $100 per year. Is that correct? That's, that's true. That's true for most of people. So you've got a million people. Uh, you've got very poor people. You've got isolated people in this diocese in the center of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. What percentage of those people in, the, in your diocese are Roman Catholic? Yeah, we have uh, 1,400,000 people in the diocese, and one-third are Catholics. 
Is that generally true about the entire country of the Democratic Republic of Congo? Are uh, a third to a half of the people Roman Catholic? Uh, in the Congo, we have 50% people are, are Catholics. Now, for different dioceses, it's changing more or less from 30 to 60, sometimes 50% are Catholics. How do you, as the bishop of a, of a remote poor diocese like this, help these poor people? You must be involved in health care. You must be involved in education. You must be involved in all kinds of things. Yes. Uh, due to the, to the problem I found becoming a bishop, the diocese has been destroyed by the war, the population very poor. I went to Rome to ask for, for, for financial assistance. And then in Rome, they told me, Bishop, here in Rome, we don't have money. Please go to United States because of the faithful are very, very generous. I told men, how to go to United States? I don't speak English. They asked me to learn English, and I was 53. I came back to Kinshasa, and then I, meet, I met CRS, Mr. Uh, Kevin Hartigan, American who was in charge when CRS dead. I, tell, I told him my story. So he helped me to come here in the United States at Baltimore, not speaking English. I explained my, my story, how to help my population. And then the former president of CRS told me, I send you to New York because in New York, the CRS office, officer speaking, speaks some French. And he sent me to meet Jerry Stanton in New York. And uh, since then, I met many, many generous people who helped me to help the population for many projects, education projects, um, uh, healthcare system, hospital, building bridges, a lot of things thanks to CRS since I met Jerry and uh, Donors. I'd better make it clear that uh, CRS, which is what you said, stands for Catholic Relief Service. Catholic Relief Service is a big uh, organization that helps uh, people who are in need all over the world. And, um, and obviously, they're very much a part of this. A friend of mine who's a journalist, Fred de Sam Lazaro, mentioned that in the poorest places in the world that he's been to, and he's been all over the world, um, when governments and when all other systems fail, the only thing left is pretty much religion, and that's obviously the case for you. Exactly. For example, uh, right now we are building a system uh, to provide 30,000 people with clean water, uh, drinking water, for one million, more than $21 million. That's thanks to CRS donors, and the people are very glad now because they have clean water, and doctors are telling me that at the hospital, the diseases linked to contaminated water are decreasing, are declining. That's very, very important. So you're in a place where the biggest crisis, health crisis in many ways, is contaminated water. I also understand that as you became bishop, one of the other biggest issues was there was no 
no transportation of any kind. Every, everything was basically on foot, and you couldn't get anywhere from this diocese of yours, which is about the size of West Virginia. So you started building roads and bridges and all. Will you describe some of that? We built in total seven, seven bridges, which are allowing people right now to communicate, to trade, to, to get people to go to school. And uh, that's uh, thanks to CRS. So seven bridges and everybody in the, in the province is using the bridges. It's for everybody. So our projects are uh, implicating uh, at least 80% of the population who are beneficiaries of the projects we are implementing with CRS in, the, in, the, in my diocese. Now, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, as you say, has been at war for years. It's obviously a very poor and struggling place. Um, is the entire country pretty much the way your diocese is? You're right in the middle of the country. Uh, are there any pockets of your country that are thriving and doing better? Yeah, uh, in my, my area, it's peaceful for that. But in the eastern part of the country, in the Kivu regions, we still have some violence because of their, there are some armed groups who are fighting against the population because they are exploiting illegally the natural resources, uh, which is uh, giving them a lot of money to, to purchase uh, guns, uh, weapons, and to continue fighting in the eastern part of the country. But for the rest of the country, it's a little bit quiet. So it's a peaceful country in, in many, many parts of it now which it hadn't been for really, literally decades. Are people in this state, people who are very poor, people who are often sick, are they people of great personal faith? Yes, most of them. Most of them is based on the personal faith. But the last, the last 10 years, we have in the Congo, I think it's because of the misery, most of the people are going to the sects, to the Pentecostal evangelical churches, seeking for, for, for sake, uh, for miracle, for uh, everything they can't find in our church, uh, and they are living to go, that, like, like in America, Latin America going to the evangelical churches. That's a, that's a huge challenge for us. So let me understand what I think you said, which is that because people are struggling so much and they don't see a way out, they wind up, uh, they wind up going to more of the evangelical churches where they think there might, where they're hoping and praying for some kind of a miracle or something more dramatic than normally the Catholic Church would uh, talk about. And especially they know that these evangelical churches are coming from the United States. They imagine that they are bringing money. <laughs> but the evangelical church are promising a, a miracle. And when the poor are very poor, they accept anything about that. That's the situation. The poverty is, the, I think, the, the first challenge for the church too.
even for the country. Well, in a sense, uh, given the poverty, given war, given all of the things that are going on, um, that's about all one can hope for in many ways. But it looks like your struggle is one uh, of, uh, of trying to move things ahead more slowly, uh, more uh, traditionally, to try to give people a base, something, something to stand on, something to count on, and uh, a possible future in a more traditional sense. That's why the, the Catholic Church in the Congo is uh, committed to, uh, to, to work with uh, the leaders of the country to change the way of uh, uh, leading the country uh, by fighting corruption, by initiating good, good governance, by uh, to avoid that the justice should be corrupted. So the best solution is uh, to get uh, good uh, leaders to come to, to get to light the country, and we are we are working for that. We are working for that. Now you're one country in the huge continent of Africa, a very large country of uh, eighty or ninety million people, uh, but there are other large countries in Africa. How, where does the Democratic Republic of Congo stand? Uh, economically and in every other respect, with the, the, your sister countries in the in the in the uh, in the continent of, of Africa, are you at the bottom? Are you near the bottom? Or are there many other countries in your same situation? Yeah, the Congo is uh, one of the richest country for its uh, mineral resources, but its population is uh, among the poorest. That's the situation. In the Congo, we have uh, other countries which, are, which have uh, a better situation for the citizen because there is some uh, income for the population. Uh, South Africa, Nigeria, I see Kenya too, the situation better. Rwanda is, uh, is uh, uh, forwarding uh, quickly, that the Congo has the poorest population because it has been badly, badly, badly rented. So how to get the richest country because of its natural resources and at the same time have the population which is very poor. That's, that's the situation we have to change. Now, as you uh, are the bishop of one of the poorest places in the world with a million people, what are the things that you pray about when you talk to God about your, about your diocese? What, what, do you, what do you talk to God about? The first thing is uh, to ask the God to give our country the good leaders the leaders who make the interest, the, the population interest as the first thing to do, not their own interest. I think to, 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 to get the good leaders could change fundamentally the situation for the population. That's I'm asking God when I pray. Now, uh, I assume you're like the church in most 
places of the world, you don't get involved directly politically. In other words, you don't recommend uh, 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 candidates. You don't do any of that stuff. So you just have to, I guess, basically set example and also uh, try to try to ask for uh, the very best that the people can uh, elect. Yes. Uh, I, when I was president of the Bishops' Conference, we, we went to meet President Kabila, who was preparing to keep power for more than the Constitution allowed. We asked him to step down, to stop. It was very hard. He, he get angry. <laughs> Secondly, in my region, we had to elect a new governor. And uh, things were planned so that a, a, a man who was very close to the former president to become governor. I opposed that. Uh, I, I was not, not this, the, the only person to oppose it, but we, we opposed that. And then we had a new governor. So the situation is uh, it's our responsibility to contribute to change leaders. That's, the, that, that's, that's our, our, our responsibility in that country. So you view that as, uh, so you view political involvement to the degree that you discussed, uh, part of your mission, part of something that you have to do to help your people, that in a sense you're doing it on behalf of the, well, not in a sense, you're doing it on behalf of the people of your diocese. Yes, we, we have uh, through our diocese what is called a Justice and Peace Commission. Through that commission, we are training people to learn their rights, because most of them don't think that they have some rights in the country. And that is the, the best way to make people responsible of the, 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 the situation of the country. The basic education for rights, that is the best thing to do by doing it through the country. Uh, are are you hopeful about the future of your country? Things you know, the, you know, the big wars are over at the moment. Although there's still problems, uh, there's still significant uh, uh, problems of kinds of wars around the edges. Uh, but the poverty continues, the corruption continues uh, to a degree, uh, maybe a large degree. Are you hopeful that you're going to get through this? That your people are going to come out all right? Yes, the, with the new president, we hope that uh, things could change because we need peace. We need peace. It has to make the country to become peaceful everywhere. That's the first condition. Because without peace, no investors can come to the Congo. No way to get uh, uh, jobs for people. So the new, country, the, new, the new president has to make peace in the country, relaunch economy, invite investors, create jobs, and that could combat fight the poverty. With the new president, we hope that he can do that. But it's too early to be sure. Well, obviously, Bishop, you and uh, your colleagues uh, in faith in, uh, in the Congo are going to uh, uh, keep an eye on this. Now, are you working with 
uh, with people of other faiths, uh, leaders, uh, faith leaders of other religions in the Congo. Are you all working together in these things? Yes, we are. We are working together. We are uh, uh, gathered in a, in a, in association for the many denominations, uh, all the Protestant denominations, Protestant, and we we have uh, other representatives too, uh, Muslim. Uh, Orthodox, uh, we are eight groups in the country to work together about peace. That's allowed, and it's a very good organization. Now, Bishop, if some if someone listening to this podcast wants to help you and your work and the people of the Congo, how do they do it? I assume the best way is through the Catholic Relief Service here in the U.S., Exactly. The best way to help us is through CRS. Bishop, anything else you'd like to say? Anything else you'd like to tell us about that I didn't ask you? I thank you to give me this opportunity to speak a little bit about my diocese and about the country, because the Congo, Congo is a French-speaking country. So I see that in the United States, a few media are speaking about the situation in the Congo, except when there is violence with, uh, with blood. Uh, so I'm very glad that uh, you can uh, do something so people can hear, hear how the church is dealing with the situation in the country. So thank you so much. Bishop, thank you so much. It's an honor to be able to talk to you and uh, continued success in your work. Thank you so much. God bless you. Our guest was Bishop Nicholas Chomo of the Democratic Republic of Congo. The conversation continues on our Facebook page and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes. Beliefs is brought to you with the support of the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media Public Policy and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jay Woodward is our producer. I'm Bill Baker. The theme music is by Edward Billis. Thank you for listening.